Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. So while we've been talking pandemic and we've been talking about trying to get back and opening things up, there are two states that are open and there are two states who are (laughs) begging for some sports to come down. One is Arizona, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. Major League Sports. This includes Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, MLS, uh, are all able to participate and play in the state of Arizona after May 15th. Of course, this would be with CDC guidelines and protecting public health. Uh, We have had discussions with leaders of some of these leagues and They all know they are welcome to operate, play, and perform in the state of Arizona. And not to be outdone, Florida's Ron DeSantis says, hey, we're open too. All these professional sports are going to be welcome in Florida. That may not be the case in every other state in this country, as we've seen. And so what I would tell commissioners of leagues is if you have a team in an area where they just won't let them operate, We'll find a place for you here in the state of Florida uh, because we think it's important and we know that that it can be done safely. Hello, L.A. If you can't get the Clippers and Lakers to play, we've got a spot for you. Hello, and MLB. Dodgers and Angels, we got a spot for you in either Arizona or Florida. Huh. I hope it works out. Moving to the NFL. Joe Judge was on Golden Wingo this morning. And he wanted to find, they asked him what made their draft choice of Andrew Thomas stand out. I thought it was a very talented class overall, especially at that offensive tackle position. You know, what we really liked about Andrew was, first off, you just watch his tape. And he's got really, really good tape and a really, really tough division. He's playing against all the tough top pass rushers that come out every year. He's having a lot of success. He's coached in a hard program. He's coached well down there at Georgia. I know Kirby very well. Um, you know, I know what he's expected to do on a daily basis, and if you can survive in that program, gives you a solid base to move forward. I like his demeanor. I like his attentiveness. I like his urgency. He's done a lot of really good things to put himself in position right now to come be part of our team and compete. You know, but you know, the, the first thing that stands out with all these guys is really the tape. I, 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 no, I got you. I, want, I know you wanted to get in there and get that question, guys. Also, Joe Judge was asked, now that Eli's gone, does that mean Daniel Jones is going to take more control and have more control of the offense? Well, Eli was a great player, and I wasn't here in the past to see those dynamics. I'm very appreciative of what Eli did, and you know he's still involved in the program, and I appreciate everything he continues to do. You know, one thing I've been pleased with is, you know, Daniel's really kind of setting the tone with how he's coming to work every day, and... You know, we talk about leaders, you know, guy, leaders have to, you know, first off, they have to play well. And they've set the example for the team with how they work. And right now, Daniel's setting the example of how he comes to work every day, enthusiastic, urgent, prepared, you know, ask great questions, very insightful, you know, great communication with the team. And, that, and that's really right now the biggest thing is getting the communication going because everybody's separated to these virtual walls. We have to start breaking these things down. But I'm very pleased with how he's worked this spring. I'm excited to get him on the grass as I'm with all of our players. All right, as you know, the NFL has extended the virtual offseason through the end of May. So, Coach, how's those virtual workouts working out so far? In terms of the meetings themselves, it's very similar to probably what everyone's doing, virtual school, virtual work, you know, checking with the home office. We're meeting with these guys every day. We get two hours with the vets. We get extended time with the rookies. We're putting the rookies through, you know, the rookie development program through player development, trying to expose them all parts of the, of the uh, organization. With the vets, we've been working now for several weeks and going forward and just working through our insoles like we would if we're in the building. You know, in some ways, it allows you to slow it down a little bit. 
and talked a little bit, you know, with a little more patience. We've taken more time with some of the installs to make sure we're on the same page. One thing we have to understand is that, you know, look, this is a little different in terms of we don't get to install and then go on the field and go through some of the things we just talked about. And everyone learns, you know, in different ways. So we have to make sure we're hitting everybody. You know, there's like some guys are going to learn a lot more through walkthroughs and on the field work than they are from the classroom. So, you know, right now, we just got to make sure we present as much of a base knowledge of what we're trying to put in. So when they get to training camp, they got an opportunity, you know, to play fast. But overall, it's been good. I think, you know, we've got through the first week or so, and everyone kind of feeling each other out personality-wise. The players kind of, you know, putting their toe in the water a little bit in terms of how much they can kind of open up. And really, since then, it's, it's been great. You know, best part of the day is when you click on those Zoom meetings and you hear all the players with the screens unmuted and they can just talk trash to each other and, well, we're waiting for the time to hit for the meetings to start. You know, these guys are all cutting up and you know catching up with each other as well. And that's been, you know, for a new coaching staff, that's been great to see some personalities start to emerge. All right, that's cool. So have you been able to spend some time with the rookies? We're really trying to go through the same process we use with the vets. The advantage the rookies this year have a little bit is it's a new system for everybody, vets and rookies. So they're not years behind somebody else they're, you know, playing with competing against. Uh so as far as they're going, you know, we're taking a little bit slower pace, but we have extra time with them to make sure they're understanding everything completely. We don't ever assume anybody knows anything coming in. You know, whatever language they're using, or whatever college they're in, is going to be different than what we use. Uh, the schemes are different in the NFL. The concepts are different. There's much greater emphasis on the people in the NFL in terms of, you know, the coaches, the players, who does what and how people are used. So we're trying to teach them just that aspect of the NFL first before we jump too far into just the scheme part of it. Now, as you know, Cam Newton is still available, which is crazy to me. Our Dan Graziano was on Spain and Company, and he was asked, would Cam be open to a backup job? And that's something that only he can answer, and we really haven't heard from him on that. You know, he posts on social media from time to time about his workouts and, and various things, but he hasn't sat and explained his mindset uh, to anyone. Not that he has to, obviously, but until he does, we won't know that answer. So I think it's for, for Newton right now, the question is, What's the right move? Like, is there, if there's a backup opportunity available to you, is it wise to take it? Or is it wiser in an offseason where no one's practicing anyway uh, to wait and to see what other situations open up? Um, you know, let's say the Patriots get two or three months down the road and decide that Jared Sidham isn't progressing the way that they thought. Maybe we'll take a look at this guy. Maybe the Jaguars decide that Gardner Minshew isn't progressing the way they thought. You know, those kinds of things. Maybe there's a starting opportunity that opens up down the road that isn't present now. That might be the smarter way to go if you're Cam Newton, uh, as opposed to locking yourself into a backup role now, and then two, three months from now, oh, I wish I'd waited because such and such team now needs a starter and may have been interested. Interesting. Can't help but think that his injuries over the past couple of years have influenced the fact that people don't want to sign him. Uh, but I think he would be a valuable backup. But yeah, if he waits, there's always a quarterback that gets hurt right in the first week of the season. So he may get a job. Anyway, let's move to the NBA where Larry Nance Jr., one of the uh, many Cavaliers who went back to their facilities now that they're open, says, you know what? We want to come back and play. I'll play 82 games in 82 days at this point. I, you know, I think, I think all guys are just itching, you know, guys are itching to come back. Obviously, the keyword being safe, but yeah, I, I would, if that was the idea proposed and it was safe, uh, I'll vote yes. I'll be the first one to vote yes. All right. Woj was on Get Up this morning and now he's got, and he's back and forth. Like everybody's back and forth between basketball and baseball. Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Well, today he's got a renewed confidence that the NBA will be back this season. 
I think there's confidence among the owners, the commissioner, and many in the Players Association that in an isolated environment that the league can minimize risk for players and for their staff who would be a part of it. There's going to be risk whether they start in the next month or whether the season were to start up again in December. And I think that they've all come to that realization and, and are starting now to move toward a return to play this season. Marcus Spears, who writes for the undefeated, says, you know what, this whole bubble idea like they did in baseball, that's eh, not going to work for the NBA. Very unrealistic. And then who gets to go in the bubble? They got to eat, right? You know, so if you even have everybody in the same hotel, you're going to make all the people that work at the hotel stay there too? Maybe they have to. Security, uh, people that clean the rooms, people that bring food in, food out, whatever supplies are needed. I mean, it's it's got to be a tight ship, and then somebody gets sick in that ship. It's almost like actually being on a cruise ship, right? <laughs> it's just, I don't know if there's any right answer. Yeah, I hear you. We're all saying the same thing. Let's move to baseball, find out what's going on there. Well, on the Michael K. Show today, Michael talked about what he's been hearing from the folks he's been chatting about as to whether there will be baseball or not. All right, so here's the positive stuff I've heard in baseball. Talking to people, let's put it this way, high up in the know. The protocols regarding the health situation, uh, the testing, the keeping everybody healthy, what they would do if somebody tested, all of that essentially has been agreed upon. They're all on the same page. There's some tweaking that has to go on, but that part is done, essentially. They don't think that that's going to be the tripping off point at this point, unless something happens around the country that they're not uh, anticipating happening. So that's number one. Number two. Now it becomes an issue of deciding on the payments and the money. And this person says both sides want to play. There aren't owners that don't want to play. There essentially aren't players that don't want to play. They want to play. You can't say that coming to an agreement on the money is a slam dunk because there's going to be some difficult things to get over. And there are some people on the player's side that are entrenched in certain things, and there's some people on the owner's side that are entrenched on certain things. But this person essentially said, I would quantify it this way. I'm more optimistic that we will be playing than pessimistic. Hmm. Interesting. Jeff Passant was on Get Up, and he says players want to get in as many games as possible. I don't think players are going to give up a single cent this year. The seeming compromise in this situation is not changing the money because players already are taking an enormous haircut if they're doing this on a prorated basis. Now, the owners are coming to them saying, we want to do an 82-game schedule. Players may come back to the owners and say, hey, why don't we try and jam in 100 games, 110, 115, up to 120? They can still play in November. That's part of their March agreement. Boy, it just goes back and forth like a tennis match, right? You just don't know. It's fascinating. 